When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me today at the King Power Stadium is Jordan Blackwell. Hello. Uh, Jordan uh, has been with me today at Claude Puel's press conference previewing um, the Arsenal game. Um, um, let's kick off with the injuries. Before I do, let's, I'll just remind you of beer52.com. If you enjoy beer, which I certainly do, uh, if you want to head over to beer52.com, use the tagline Leicester to register. You can be joining eight beers from around the world uh, for free. All you've got to do is pay the postage of packing. Now, let's get underway with the um, injury news, because this could take a while, Jordan, couldn't yes, it? Could, yeah. uh, but there, there was, what, nine players missing for the defeat to West Ham. Um, what's the situation? Yeah, and then there was a, a couple more involved as well. I think we've got updates on 12 players. So... Um Certainly, uh, Huth, Amate, Chilwell, Jameson and Didi are definitely out of Wednesday's game. Um, there are um, There's potential that there could be a few returning. Poirot said he, he didn't really know that there'll have to be assessments on them um, in tomorrow's uh, training session, on Tuesday's training session, but he's seems he's, he's really reasonably hopeful on Ibora, who was substituted um, against West Ham at half-time. Uh, while there's going to be updates on Schmeichel, uh, Simpson, Okazaki, and I think that I think Dragovic and Dragovic as well. Who yeah, obviously he injured his shoulder, didn't he, against yes. West Ham late on? And so th- those four will be assessed. Uh, Diabata will also be assessed. He's um, he's another one as well. Yeah, he's he's he was uh, got an illness today. Uh, Powell said so. That's, that's another another player that's been sidelined. But Powell's also hopeful um, that he'll be ready for Wednesday. Um, and the club is still waiting to hear from the FA on Mark Albrighton's charge. Um, they're not; they don't yet know what the result of that is, so they don't know if he'll get an extra game ban and will miss Wednesday. But again, Paul said he was hopeful. Well, that's a strange one, isn't it, with the uh, the FA? Because they're normally a lot quicker than this when they uh, decide to hand out a misconduct charge, which is what um, they threw at Mark Albrighton for his reaction to his red card at Crystal Palace. He was already going to serve one game, which he did against West Ham. But now he could miss the Arsenal game. But it's a very real possibility that uh, Leicester could be training tomorrow morning, not knowing whether all Brighton is going to be. He could be doing the set pieces. He could be doing the free kicks and the corners, and uh, then they might get the call to say, "Sorry, he can't play." Yeah, and it'd be particularly um, frustrating given that all Brighton was filling in at right back, and that's where Leicester have certainly had some injury troubles. Uh, there's a potential that obviously Danny Simpson could be back, um, but certainly Amate's injured. <clears throat> and they've been having to experiment. Obviously, Ben Luan getting his first Premier League appearance of the season at, at right back uh, on Saturday. Um, so that's become a bit of a problem position. But if All Brighton was back, then that would that would certainly help Leicester a fair bit because in terms of wingers, they've still got Morris and still got Gray. Um, so and possibly Diabate. So there's, there's not too they're not lacking too much in that in that regard. Um, but certainly, the the not knowing it, it must be really frustrating for Poirot. You know, like, frustration is the key word, isn't it? I mean, the performance against uh, West Ham, and, you know, mitigation to Pearl, that was a patched up side that he had to send out against West Ham, but it certainly, uh, the performance wasn't anywhere near what Leicester City fans expect. And I think it's been a drip-drip, hasn't it, over the last 
19 games or so. Um, so many poor performances and points dropped, certainly on home soil where they haven't won in six games now. Now they've got Arsenal, who were uh, free scoring at the weekend, seem to be um, doubling their efforts since Wenger just announced he was leaving the club, or the club announced, well, I don't know who you, which way you want to believe it, uh, announced he was leaving after 22 years. Um, what was your take on, first of all, the performance against West Ham and then on the fans' reaction? Um, I would say the performance um, was possibly, the, I would say probably the second worst under Puel after the Palace game. Um, I suppose there's potential you could say the, the Man City game uh, in February, but I think you've got to say yeah, that context, Man, City are, yeah. Yeah, and Man City are very good. Um, but I think, yeah, the last two games have probably been the worst um, under Puel. The fan reaction, um, I... I I'm not particularly surprised. I think that it, because it's been building up and there's not been there's not been any improvement. It has been a steady decline. You would say. I mean, lots of people say since really January. I think the most the the biggest decline has come since Leicester were knocked out of the FA Cup. I think since maybe that Newcastle game was the first game where it started to get pretty bad. Um, and so yes, there's there's been no signs of improvement. Um, it's getting worse. The football is not exciting, um, and I think that a lot of the frustration from the fans' point of view it, it, is that I think if Leicester were creating chances, I don't think there'd be too many issues with a with a two 0 defeat. Because I mean, you saw Mark Noble's goal, a brilliant goal. Sometimes that happens. You you can see twenty five yard volleys, um, but. Yes, I think that the fans obviously uh, have the right to to express that, and if that's the way they feel, that's the way they feel. Um, yeah, I don't think it's particularly surprising given the way it's been going. Do you, do you think Pearl's got faces an uphill task, almost impossible task now, to win a lot of those fans back on side? Um, yes, I would say so. I, th- I think because because the football's not entertaining enough. Um, I think with. By getting results, I think you can win a number of fans around, um, but you're not going to win over fans if, if the football isn't entertaining enough. And so, I th- because that's become a very key thing for Leicester, I would say, because they've they've now experienced the the glory of winning the league. I think a lot of it does come on to entertainment rather than necessarily results. Uh, and if Puel can't provide that, then he's certainly not going to win any of those doubters around. Well, it certainly looks like something's got to give this summer, doesn't it? Whether it's uh, Puel gets the chance to have a clear out of his squad, get some of the play, get some players in that maybe because it might looks like to me that some of the players aren't playing for him. So if he gets rid of those and gets his own players in, uh, that might be a positive way forward for him. But when you lose the fans, uh, the way that we saw on against West Ham, I mean, there was only a couple of thousand left in the the ground for the uh, lap of appreciation. It's very hard to come back from that, and and already there's a lot of speculation revolving around his position. With report in the Times this morning that David Wagner of Huddersfield has been linked with that position. It's uh, it is a tricky time for him, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and and it, he's I think he's struggling to to see uh, a way out of this run of form. I think uh, quite often when you're in a bad run of form it's good that the games come thick and fast because you have that chance to turn it round but you, you really don't get the impression um, that Leicester are going to be able to turn it round and pick up a, a positive result in their final two games especially given the quality of their opponents in Arsenal and Spurs and I get the impression from from Puel uh, certainly in today's press conference that rather than looking for a good result he's actually looking for a good performance it was, it was almost a suggestion yeah. that he wasn't 
he he accepted that Leicester really might lose these two games, but he just wanted an improvement in the performance. Um, so yes, he certainly is struggling. I, I think, like you said, I don't think there's a a connection there with the players. I think that maybe there's there's a bit of disillusionment with his ideas, um, and I think that happens when there's a when there's a lack of results um, because the players think, well, this clearly isn't working. We need something different. Um, so yeah, he does face he does face an uphill task, but maybe at the end of the season, there's a he'll get some time to think about things. There'll be you know he might be able to bring in some players early on in the the window, and uh, if if he survives that long, and all of a sudden the mood may change a little bit. Um, but uh, I can't see it, it, it getting that far, to be honest. There was uh, quite an interesting line that he compared football management in the Premier League to being a member of the Piranha Club. Then yeah. he today, because he knows that the knives are out for him a little bit. That you know there, there's a predatory instinct, certainly amongst the media as well, when they smell a bit of blood in the water, to uh, to strike. But uh, he seems still to be full of fighting spirit. Yeah, certainly very defensive. I mean, he, he, he you know he's still backing up his record. He, he Asked for perspective in terms of Leicester's league position, he said, "You know, we are we will finish in mid-table, and there are lots of teams uh, in the Premier League that would like to be finishing mid-table." Um, but I think there's, I would say that there's an expectation with Leicester that you're not scraping mid-table, which is what it looks like they're going to be doing, um, and that you're actually battling at the top of that. You know, they should have been battling for seventh and eighth. Yeah, you would say. Um, but you can see his point. You can see that he knows that Leicester's aim is clearly seventh or eighth, and maybe slowly working their way up to to bridging the gap to the top six. So he's prepared to think that you know six months into a job, he's not had the he's not had a pre season, he's not had a summer transfer window. He's going to see that ninth or tenth, that's actually okay for for a start. Um, obviously, I think that there's a there's a difference in opinion with the fans there, um, but. Uh, well, I think that word perspective is the key there because um, if you're a side that's been battling uh, relegation most of the season, as City were four years ago, and then go on a fantastic run at towards the end, then you start pushing up towards mid-table. It looks certainly and it feels certainly different than it is a side like Leicester City who have been in seventh or eighth position in the in the table for for quite a while, and then suddenly start drifting away towards the end of the season. That perspective, it's still the same position in the in the table. But that perspective is switched. Yeah, and if you if you look at um, how West Brom, West Brom fans are feeling now, I mean they're nineteenth, but they're actually probably feeling really proud of their club at the minute because they've got, they've had an absolutely dreadful season. But all of a sudden they've picked up some results, and the fact that they've they've not gone down just yet, all of a sudden the fans are feeling feeling really good about the future. And I'm sure Leicester fans would much prefer to be in ninth than they would be would prefer to be in 19th. So it's, yeah, it is difficult and I do understand Powell's point on that. Do you think though as well that the Leicester fans aren't so much thinking about where City finished this season, it's where they think, they think City are going to finish next season and they can see such a decline this season that there's genuine fears that City could go into next season and really face a struggle? Uh, yes, I think there is that that concern. Um, you, I mean, you could potentially say that looking at Powell's record, he often... Improves teams when he has more than one season. Certainly, all his teams in France that that was the case, um, you know, and he didn't get that at Southampton. Um, so I think that that would perhaps give uh, some fans cause for optimism. But yes, I think when Leicester know how these downward spirals happen, I think as lots of people are mentioning, particularly 
the Peter Taylor era. Mm. You know, People have mentioned Taylor a lot lately. Obviously, and uh, Taylor, they they were first in the Premier League for, for a very brief period um, in one season, and then finished that season thirteenth after a terrible run after an FA Cup quarter final exit. Mm. <laughs> a couple of similarities, um, and then the next season it all went wrong, and they were relegated. I don't think that. I really don't think that will happen. Um, I think the the players and the the structure of the club is is too good for that to happen. And I certainly think Puel is a better manager than Peter Taylor was. Um, but yes, I think you can understand why Leicester fans might start to make those connections. So, what sort of atmosphere are we expecting on Wednesday night, and how much does that actually depend on the first ten fifteen minutes or so? Because if they start getting overrun again, you can imagine that. Discord between the fans and, and Puel uh, sparking up. Yeah, I think it will be subdued uh, to start with and possibly throughout unless Leicester get on the front foot. That One of Leicester's problems has been this conceding first. Yeah. Um, and we know that Leicester are so much better, even with Puel bringing in this new style, Leicester are so much better if the opposition have to chase the game because that's when Mahrez and Vardy can exploit the gaps. They've not been able to do that because they have been conceding first, and that's you know that's they've lost confidence each game and each time that that has happened. Um, so yes, the atmosphere will be quiet. Um, it probably won't be very good. They'll be quick to. I think the fans will be quick to criticise if if Leicester you know play sideways football, play it backwards. If there's no attacking intent, if there's no desire uh, on show. Um, but if Leicester show a little bit of that, I think. You know that the fans can see that, and then they get behind them, and then if, if that then helps the players to put in a little bit more intensity and, and show a little bit more determination. Um, then that's when momentum builds, and hopefully, then less, once Leicester get a goal, if they can get a goal, um, that's when the atmosphere will will improve a great deal. But um, yes, I think it's all going to come down to getting the first goal and stopping Arsenal from, from scoring early. Well, Puel isn't alone and being a manager that might have a side that's in mid-table that's, but still feels under pressure from the supporters. I mean, Sam Allardyce at Everton, David Moyes had his moments with West Ham. Even Arsene Wenger, after all he achieved earlier on in his um, managerial career at Arsenal, has certainly come for, in for some stick over the last few years. And uh, I wonder if he'll have some words of advice for Puel, because he's been through this, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. And obviously they're, they're very... Um... You know they know each other very well. Puel played under Wenger for um, for seven years at Monaco and was you know always touted as Wenger's prodigy in, in a managerial sense when he was um, you know doing the rounds across teams in France. So um, yes, I think if Puel does want advice, I think Wenger's a good person for him to go to you know, on this type of situation when the fans aren't very uh, when the fans are quite clearly not fully supportive of the manager as has been the case at Arsenal for maybe a few seasons now um, he never won them over either did he never won them all back no he didn't no but I think there are obviously he, Wenger does leave with his legacy intact because of the what he did in well, really in the first half of those 22 years um, at, at the club um, but I think the way Wenger's dealt with it and almost sustained Arsenal's success they're, they're obviously they've still been winning trophies still been winning FA Cups but they have drop down in terms of they're clearly behind the rest of the top four and I think the fact that they're behind Tottenham has been one of the big things um, but yeah I think that Wenger could offer some advice for Puel but whether it will help him all that much I'm not sure Well let's look ahead to some um, some of the news that's uh, coming ahead because we're obviously going to a very very busy transfer window we're expecting departures we're expecting arrivals uh, Robert Hooth now uh, Puel said last time 
that he was going to have a sit down and a conversation with Robert Hoof. He's had a contract this summer, 33-year-old German. Uh, he's not played all season because of injuries. Um, we're expecting some news, but Pearl said the news is not to come from him. Yes, Pearl said that he's, he has had that discussion now with, with Hooth, um, but said it was up to the, the centre-back to to spread that information. Um, and so you would guess, given that, that it's probably not good news for Hooth uh, and that the, the club have told him that they won't be offering offering him another contract, which, in all fairness, isn't that surprising. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, it, from a business point of view, it doesn't make sense to offer another contract to a 33-year-old defender who's had so many injuries that he's not managed to play a single game all season. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a shame. And I think it would be nice, actually, if if that information did come out in time for the game on Wednesday and perhaps after the game, you know, Leicester fans could show their appreciation to who, who has played such a massive role. Uh, in he's he's popular with the fans, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. You know, he's, you know, he's a, a really well-liked player. He had such an impact when he came in at the end of the Great Escape season, basically shored up Leicester's defence and, and really helped Wes Morgan. And he was a catalyst in many ways, wasn't he? Exactly, yeah. Uh, and that, that combination with Wes Morgan worked really well. All of a sudden, Wes Morgan looked a lot better defender next to Huth. Um, so yes, it'd be nice if the, the club could do something like they did with Vasilevsky last, at the end of last season. They could have that little bit of celebration for such a, a key player in in the recent success. Well, we'll have to keep him peeled for that in case there's any announcements on Robert. He doesn't. Is he on social media these days? He's occasionally on is Twitter. He? Yeah, he's yeah. got to be a bit careful I, I these days. Of John Walters. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Don't forget, there's loads of stories and preview stuff build up to the big game on the Mercury website and our Facebook page. Don't forget beer52.com from uh, uh, Jordan and myself. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>